Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show! Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hi, everybody. I'm Eric Arnault, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast. This week, we've got part one of a two-part show focusing on one of America's favorite pastimes that isn't baseball, the silver screen. We've got film aficionados and critics from other favorite Chicago podcasts, plus some friends and performers we love a ton, reflecting on the theme at the movies. This episode, you'll get Nerdalogs member Mary Beth Smith, writer and producer Mike Gifford, critic and podcaster Clint Worthington, and the wonderful local folk band Deja Vui, plus music and hosting from the one and only Dwight Hassler. Uh, yeah, you heard that right. This is one of the few Your Story shows in history I have missed, but Dwight takes it over like a star. Uh, so we just did our latest Your Stories recording last night, so I don't really have a ton of plugs right now, but I do want to say that uh, yesterday we featured the wonderful creative talents of Muscular Clown Productions and their web series, The Street Wizard's Apprentice, which, as it happens, just won an award for Best Web Series at the FilmQuest Festival in Provo, Utah, Saturday night. So that's amazing. If you haven't watched Street Wizards yet, definitely do that. You can find it via YouTube or Facebook. It is super funny and stars a bunch of folks familiar to Nerdalogs fans. Uh, and also, some people you hear a lot on this podcast may have written and performed the theme song. So that's cool. Uh, with all that said, guys, let's go to the movies. Uh, this first song uh, is, you guys know the band Lucky Boys Confusion? Yeah, not that, not that widely known, right? <laughs> Uh, they're from here, Chicago. They have a song called Fred Astaire, and that's this song. Because he's a movie. Fred Astaire, get it? Yeah, right? Come on. Yeah, right? Yeah, you guys got it. <laughs> you can call it anything you want. The fact remains the same. I never got to be a Fred Astaire. You can lie to yourself and all your friends. Pretend that you don't care. The circumstance... Gets in the way. You so many opportunities I never have. Don't push so hard. Nothing is ever easy, and the 
can also blame Eric. Uh, so, uh, we usually like to start the night off with uh, uh, someone in the Nerdalogs or very close to the Nerdalogs, and we're going to keep with that tradition. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mary Beth Smith! Uh, I, for one, think Dwight should get credit if Dwight does a great job, which I think he's going to, so... Um, <clears throat> One summer night in 2007, on my one night off that week from working at a math and science camp, 
A pair of fellow counselors and I did the only reasonable thing for three single college-age friends to do in a small town in South Carolina on a Friday night. We double-featured both the movies playing at the Carmike Cinema Twin. As we made the 15-minute walk into town from the school where the camp was held, we unpacked our excitement for the night's offerings. My brother had really pumped me up for Michael Bay's Transformers. <laughs> We're both fans of the series and its toys as kids. And I was a big Even Stevens head. Uh, I consumed everything that Disney had to offer for years, and thus was probably even more excited for the second entry of the $4 double feature, Pixar's latest Ratatouille. The shitty Miniplex AC was no match for the wet heat of the South Carolina Piedmont, and likewise, the shitty Miniplex speakers were constantly blown out by the subtleties of Michael Bay's filmmaking. And only a tad ways into Transformers, I was hot and underwhelmed, and there was still so much movie left. I think I'll always love Shia and think that robot vehicles are cool, but man, that movie sucked. <laughs> I questioned what others had liked about Transformers that I missed as I settled in to watch Ratatouille. The air still as thick as if we were actually in the French kitchen Remy was cooking in. I still felt uninterested in what this film had to offer. I thought for sure that the studio that brought me one of my favorite childhood films in Toy Story and taught me how to cry at movies in Toy Story 2 would bring the perfect salve for put the cube in my chest, Sam. Uh, maybe it's because it was hot and I just sat through Transformers, but I did not like Ratatouille. This is the first time I can remember really disliking a couple of new movies, just firmly leaving them thinking, no thanks. I hadn't really grown up a movie person, but after spending my freshman year of college in awe of my sweetmate Katie's film knowledge and love of so many specific franchises and directors, I had spent the entire summer after that making my way through whatever classes classics I deemed important. Citizen Kane, Some Like It Hot, Raiders, and Last Crusade, because for some reason we'd only had a copy of Temple of Doom when I was a kid. <laughs> I vowed not to rewatch movies I'd already seen to make a dent in the vast, great movie catalog that I'd only toe-dipped in the past. I liked some more than others, but that double feature was the first time I'd felt discerning of things as other people were critiquing them, while I was paying attention to the critics' and audiences' responses. The next school year, Katie would continue my education, including my first watch of the entire Star Wars franchise, and we got to like and not like movies as they were released. At the end of that summer, almost exactly 10 years ago, I saw what I still count as my favorite movie for the first time. I was in Philly, my parents were being history tourists, but I had insisted I wanted to see the movie since I had seen the leads perform on a late night show and it wasn't playing in our shitty small town. I've seen once an innumerable number of times since then in spite of my continuing to strive for a first watch on as many movies as possible. John Carney's Irish musical was exactly the creative-hearted project I needed to see as a young college student new to what I thought of as a great movie, the antithesis of the letdown double feature. I showed it to everyone I could in college, and I still talk about it enough that multiple members of Cover Stories who host this show have asked me to join them performing Falling Slowly at a Your Stories event. Last month, uh, my fiancé took me to one of the most beautiful settings in the film to pop the old cue. Uh, once doesn't mean as much to him as it does to me, but 
having opinions about movies is probably our favorite shared hobby. <laughs> I don't know what our relationship would look like if I hadn't hated Transformers so much. I don't know if we would be together at all if I hadn't fallen for movies so hard that summer ten years ago. I do know it would have been especially clunky for us to get together if I still hadn't seen Star Wars, and uh, I know that I can't wait to keep watching and telling stories together. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Beth. Yeah, Transformers is just like a fart wrapped in cancer. So, uh, but really, it's awesome that she got engaged in that. Give her a round Her and Eric, her and uh, Eric, not the guy that hosts this, but her and Eric are great together. Uh, our next uh, performer I forgot to talk to before the show and ask, me, and ask him how we'd like to be um, uh, uh, <laughs> introduced. But uh, he's a really great guy. He's been on a, a, a couple, at least on my list of a couple of the um, best of year-end lists, uh, 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 podcasts of the show, because he's just so great, and he's such a nice guy, and he's very funny. Put your hands together for Mike Gifford. Oh, that was great. What a good host. Dwight, you're doing so good. Right? Oh, my God. We love Dwight. All right, so uh, so now me. So here we go. All right, uh, who am I? I'm a I'm a homosexual, and I'm responsible for uh, directing and rewriting Steamworks the Musical at the Annoyance. Shameless plug. There you are. We've been sold out since April. I get it. Okay. So the movies. The movies were invented to distract the minds of pathetically ordinary, sad, ugly geeks for the simple fact that nobody wants to fuck them. <laughs> Why else would we not only tolerate, let alone encourage, pasty nerds in plaid shirts and plastic glasses <laughs> or cosplay costumes, note, Cosplay is Latin for eternal virgin. <laughs> to argue about the continuity issues between Star Wars Rogue One and the original Star Wars A New Hope. You see, why would Princess Leia tell Darth Vader she's on a diplomatic mission when in Rogue One everybody saw her fly away from the disabled flagship? <laughs> Why is Darth Vader a kung fu killing machine in Rogue One, but is a total puss-puss when he boards Leia's ship in A New Hope? Well, thanks a lot, J.J. Abrams. You've ruined my life, and I will forever be intolerably annoying, and no self-respecting woman without sideburns will ever force the glow out of my three-inch lightsaber buried under the mound of my Cheeto-slash-Funyun-stained gut again. <laughs> Gang, we need to get a life. And you notice how a surprisingly large number of these sad blockbuster sci-fi fans 
also identify as libertarians on blogs, which in Latin means, I voted for Trump, but don't tell my mom. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> my life is like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, so it's bizarre, and everyone agrees it's gone on far too long. <laughs> Last night, I, at 3.30 in the morning, went to the jackhammer. Does anyone know what the jackhammer is by a show of hands? Not many. The jackhammer, the jackhammer is a gay bar. It's not like any gay bar though. It's far removed from Boys Town, even past Andersonville where I live. And everyone knows Andersonville is where gay people go to die. <laughs> Jackhammer is a nightclub, and it's interesting because there are three levels to it. On the top level of Jackhammer, it's a very friendly, nice gay bar where everybody will come up and give you a friendly hug despite their harnesses and short shorts, <laughs> despite their weight or disposition. <laughs> then the first floor level is a nightclub, reminiscent of Studio 54. But then you have the bottom level where you have to take off your shirt and there's a room there called The Hole. <laughs> now I had never been to The Hole before, but my friend said, since you're here, why not check it out? So I did. <laughs> Furthermore, <laughs> I have a drinking problem, so I don't drink anymore. And I was completely sober. I was sober in the hole. <laughs> now, I, I want to tell you, me with my shirt off sort of looks like a melted birthday candle. <laughs> Nothing's quite right anymore. But in the hole, it didn't seem to matter. It was literally the most unimaginably disgusting place I had ever been in my entire life. And I grew up the son of a Methodist minister, so it was super gross. <laughs> Maybe if you're Catholic you understand, but I'm a Protestant. So what was going on in the hole if you haven't been there before? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, if you can imagine making a gourmet salad, right, with fresh vegetables, maybe some little oranges and nuts, and you take that beautiful organic salad and you dump it into a urinal. <laughs> and then by choice, you eat that salad off of a urinal cake and then you come. <laughs> That's what the hole is like. <laughs> End of sidebar. My favorite movies are classics. Like All About Eve, The Third Man, The French Connection, and All the President's Men. I love them. And you know what all of those classic movies 
pre the Star Wars blockbuster revolution have in common is that they're all staggeringly boring as fuck. (laughs) And come to think of it, America sucked then too. (laughs) I guess we're screwed, which is Latin for chapped, irritatingly moist asshole pounding. (laughs) But I'll leave you all with this thought. You don't know Anne Hathaway, so quit talking shit about her. I don't even know that I've seen an Anne Hathaway movie. Well, of course I've seen The Devil Wears Prada. I'm a faggot. But I don't know that she's a snob or rude or even a bitch. She's just Anne Hathaway. And just because you read Gossip Cop on your phone while douching your junk does not make you an intimate friend of Anne Hathaway. So leave her alone. But fuck J.J. Abrams. Because he intentionally hurts us and he knows it. Fuck him. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That was uh, loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave Anne Hathaway alone. Why not? She's cool, I think, right? I don't know. Yes, sir. And yeah, Devil War. I'm, I'm not gay, but I, I love Devil Wears Prada. That movie's just a straight up and down good movie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so our next speaker is the co-host of uh, one of our uh, our, our guest po- uh, movie podcasts tonight uh, of Alka Hollywood. Uh, the uh, website's alkahollywood.com. Uh, another member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op, um, and at, at, in his podcast, he they host and uh, he hosts and guests. Wait, oh, hosts and guests watch and discuss a movie and make a cocktail based on that movie, and that's awesome. Um, he's also there. He is also part of the Chicago Indie Film Critics Circle. Uh, put your hands together for Clint Wor- Worthington. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm going to end uh, the sentiment that Dwight is doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. Eric, Eric, you hear that? You. Coming for you. And by the way, uh, Mike, thank you for your story. I feel deeply, personally attacked by that extremely relatable content. <laughs> Vis-a-vis Rogue One. Uh, I've had actual arguments like that, and now I feel deeply terrible about it. <laughs> But justifiably so, so thank you. So I'm here because I want to tell you a story about the first movie I ever made and how it almost ended because I got caught not watching porn. I've been in love with movies uh, from a very young age. Trouble is, I grew up as an only child on a small farm just outside Bushnell, Illinois, deep in the heart of what I now know is the part of the state that wishes Chicago would secede from the rest of the state or sink into Lake Michigan so they didn't have to deal with all us dadgum Democrats in our gun-free zones. As a sci-fi nerd, movie-lover, only child growing up in figurative isolation, I didn't get out much, so movies were pretty much my only respite. Um, Luckily, thanks to my parents getting satellite TV, sidebar, it was pirated, uh, when I was a teen, and an overall lack of 
actual things to do. I grew up on a steady diet of Mystery Science Theater 3000, the Mike Nelson years, goddammit, IFC's Samurai Saturdays, and those early 80s anime movies they'd show on the Sci-Fi Channel Saturday mornings before we all realized animated boobs shouldn't be on the screen when children were watching. Um... As soon as I got my driver's license, I'd go out to the local Family Video, a regional chain that, by the way, is still going, ironically, because they have a porn section in the back. Let's not, every time you drive past a Family Video, understand this reality. Um, and rent five movies a week for a dollar apiece. So I was able to go through the alphabet of classic and not-so-classic film, as it were. So, as a result, I became the pretentious film nerd slash anime weeb in central Illinois, surrounded by meathead farm boys and future National Guard recruits, so adolescence was a blast for me. <laughs> Cut to film term. My junior year history class, in which our teacher, Mr. Davis, allowed us to do an open-ended project each quarter. It could be anything. And so I knew this was my big break. I would make a movie. I would realize my adolescent dreams of becoming a filmmaker, capital F. <laughs> But it had to be about history, and about the history we were talking about right then in that particular unit. It's a real big ask to make someone do an epic historical costume drama for their debut feature, but I figured, hey, if Ridley Scott can do it, why can't I? Uh, sidebar, that movie in question is The Duelists. Uh, films, uh, push-up glasses. Just to give you a snapshot as to what movies I grew up watching, the project I ended up making was titled Being George Washington. Uh, three guesses to what that reference is. The plot is about a hapless high school student, played by uh, my fellow classmate Spencer, who wanders from the cafeteria of our school to the band room, where he finds a mysterious, oddly person-sized cardboard box laying on its side. This sequence is like a quarter of the film's runtime, because I was convinced my classmates would love watching Spencer just saunter across the school to an Amy Mann song from the Magnolia soundtrack. Again, I was cool. <laughs> Driven by nothing other than sheer contrivance, uh, he gets on his knees and crawls into the box, and he gets pulled to the box into who else? The body of George Washington himself. Now, does my film feature him crossing the Delaware? Chopping down a cherry tree? Nope! Just secretly meeting with British Major John Andre during the Revolutionary War, as the real Washington did in 1780. Not at a log cabin in a state park in Illinois, probably, but hey, art thrives on limitation. I held the camera, so I played Washington, and my best friend Ryan played John Andre. I don't remember what the scene itself was about, and I can in no way vouch for its accuracy. For one thing, I don't think they wore Civil War uniforms in the 1700s. Um, they were borrowed from our junior high principal, who was a Civil War aficionado. Civil War aficionado. Bleep. Again, central <laughs> Illinois. Anyway, yada yada yada, the two blather on about nothing in near pitch black conditions and incredibly grainy DV footage. Lighting is for the weak. Um, until we see a bright flash added in an iMovie and Spencer climbs out of a dumpster just outside the school for some reason. Roll credits. <laughs> for what it's worth, the class loved it. Uh, Mr. Davis marveled. It looks, like, it looks like a real movie with editing and everything. <laughs> to be fair, it was easily the best of the three short film projects submitted for the class, and I submit the least racist because I used <laughs> editing and everything. 
Um, of course, I didn't edit all of it. Uh, turns out, in the middle of the editing process, I would be kicked out of the computer lab for the rest of the semester because Mrs. Krebs, the computer lab administrator, would look through the browser history of the computer I was using to edit. Turns out, she would find a URL in that history for a website called English.com, which was a comedy website of pictures of humorously odd uses of English in Japanese signs, products, and clothing. Forgive me, I went to an all-white school in the early 2000s in rural downstate Illinois. I promise I genuinely didn't know better. And yes, there is an adult section. Not of porn, mind you. Just slightly raunchier instances of times when someone would throw fuck or other sexual terms on a t-shirt or whatnot apropos of nothing. Of course, seeing a URL that ends in adult.html understandably sets off red flags for an educator. So, um, you know, I couldn't convince her that I wasn't actually looking at porn without getting her to actually click on the website, which was a non-starter. <laughs> so uh, Ryan had to finish the editing process for me, with me basically directing him by remote. Um, those small hiccups aside, being George Washington would become my... Directorial debut. Um, it went over so well, though, that I would end up doing another film for Mr. Davis's class the following semester. This time it was my Vietnam War epic, Ambush, which I filmed in the woods behind my house and the state park that I used before. Because nothing says the steaming jungles of North Vietnam like oak trees and cornfields in November. <laughs> it was a strange creature that jumbled together my love for Oliver Stone's platoon, the action ballet of John Woo and Quentin Tarantino, and, curiously enough, the musical stylings of the bare-naked ladies. <laughs> Even though I stopped making short films after college, after figuring out it was way easier to just become a film critic and talk about movies other people were making, I look back fondly on those early little movies, messy and dumb as they were, as some of my most unabashed attempts at, shall we say, creativity. I also grew up in a very small town, and I'm not white, and it's not easy. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so our next guests uh, are a, uh, a musical duo. Uh, I asked them, how would you like me to introduce you tonight? One said, they're the best band in Chicago, and then the other one quickly said, according to some. Let's put your hands together for Deja Bowie! <laughs> So what are you doing? That, uh, that Dwight is really doing a good job, right? Oh, no. There's, there's a anti-fan in the audience. Um, all right, so we're Deja Vui. We have a drummer, but he's not here. But that's okay. We just got him, so he's, we're used to him not being there. Uh... We're going to play two songs for you. The first song, I will preface by saying that I'm a movie lover. I, when I was in high school, I worked at the movie theater for the whole four years, and I was a projectionist, which I think was a cool thing because that like doesn't really exist so much anymore, I don't think, because we actually had 12 theaters of film running through projectors, uh, and we'd have to like 
build them on reels and all that kind of stuff. And now it's all just digital, so that kind of makes me sad. But uh, well, you can still go to places like the Music Box and see film, I suppose. Uh, I also, I used to co-host a film-related podcast called Films of the Future. And my co-host and I would review films before we saw them, which... <laughs> Uh, it really needs to come back. Films of the Future needs to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was kind of you funny. Review films of the future. <laughs> I could review back. films. Of the <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny, but it was it was also sort of heartfelt about how you go into a movie and you have all these preconceived notions. You like bring a lot of baggage with you, and it was kind of about thinking about how much you've already decided about a movie before you even see it. One of the movies, and I would get to express opinions, like for example, before seeing The Master, I would say, it's not too long. <laughs> uh, so one of the movies that we reviewed before seeing it was The Force Awakens. And I feel like based on the previous speakers, uh, Star Wars does seem to strike a nerve with people here tonight. So uh, this is a song I wrote before seeing it called Don't Let Me Down. And, but it's applicable. Give it away the punchline. Yeah, it's applicable to every, every Star Wars movie. Uh, it applies to Rogue One. I'm sure it applies to the last... Jedi. Alright, you ready? I'm so excited that you let me down before. It's been a major disappointment in my life, but I'm coming Decide not to let it 
Thank you. So that song is called Don't Let Me Down. <laughs> You've probably heard a song by that name before. <laughs> we are going to... I, that didn't occur to me at the time. <laughs> uh, uh, we are not going to play that song, but we are going to play a Beatles song. And uh, uh, the reason I thought this might be a fun song to play, or I've been thinking a lot about... Uh, Beatles recently is that Across the Universe um, is a movie that I really love, and I've heard that that's a very contentious point of view to have. <laughs> You've heard that from me. <laughs> You're not the first. Um, so this is kind of one of the central uh, songs of the film, and I, I like it. Close your eyes and I'm September 923 is the date, and there's lots of really cool bands playing there, so you should come. Where, where is your gig at on, on, on 923? It's at a mysterious place. A mysterious place. Uh, what's the password? Sylvia's Irving and Damon. And we are opening at 8. Thank you, Deja Bowie. They're all that they're here, they're always great. This is really weird in that um, usually 
one of us, because there's usually at least two of us here who has to count it off, then it goes. But just going into a song, because I don't need to count it off for anybody, is very weird to me. <laughs> uh, so this song uh, is, from, uh, is by Cake. It's a song called Frank Sinatra. To get it, because he's uh, <laughs> another movie. Um, he's a singer. God damn it. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, Cake's one of uh, the first albums I ever owned, so uh, I love the song a lot. That's Fashion Nugget's a great album. Um, I know that's music and not movies, but... <laughs> we know of an ancient radiation That hearts dismembered constellations Of faintly glimmering radio station While Frank Sinatra sings Stormy weather, the flies and spiders get along together. Cobwebs fall on an old skipping record. Beyond the suns that guard this roof, beyond your flowers of flaming truths, beyond. production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome! Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.